At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. BeckQL Daily right here on the BeckQL Network. Joe G along with J-Rod. Jim Rodriguez with you on a football Friday. College football week one kicked off last night. We'll get to more of those games and our thoughts on the weekend slate coming up in about 20 minutes. Lot to get into the rest of the show as we are just a little over a week, or less than a week away from week one of the NFL season. And our last guest, I saw he shared a screenshot of a sports book that already had touchdown props up for week one, the Bills and the Rams. And we thought it's a great time to bring it back. Joe Gallant, one of our favorite guests from last football season, touchdown prop specialist, and now part of the Action Network. Jill, welcome back to the show, and congrats on the new gig. T- tell us a little bit about what you're doing now with the Action Network. Yeah, Joe, J-Rod, it's great to be back on the show. Um, got a lot on the go. Uh, I've got a weekly NFL Anytime Touchdown show that's going to be on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern on the Action Network YouTube channel. Uh, I'm going to be giving out touchdown picks, obviously, for every primetime game. Those will be available on the Action app. And then, of course, I'm going to be doing an Action Network podcast as well, weekly on uh, Sundays leading into Monday looking ahead at the opening lines for every week, recapping what happened, and then also going to be doing a Thursday primetime preview show. So all the picks could be found on app or Twitter, and I'm going to be real busy this football season, and I'm really stoked for it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Good stuff. And I've always enjoyed the Anytime Touchdown prop because it's it's, 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 kind of distinct and, and different from everything else. And you put out kind of a primer where I, I got that today, where it's each team, who would focus in on. Just can you give us a couple of nuggets, three to five, of, of, of what went into your, your thought process and who should we be focusing in on? Of course, read the article, but give us a quick little, a couple of them to get me to go and get that article read again. Yeah, so uh, from that article, I wrote that for the Action Network, uh, so it's available on the app and you can read it there. Uh, Also did an Anytime Touchdown Manifesto on the podcast uh, for the Action Network podcast in case you were wondering, like maybe some rules to follow and how to be able to approach this market. But some of the nuggets that stand out to me, uh, one guy that I'm really interested in to see what his odds are are going to be Tommy Tremble with the Carolina Panthers because Baker Mayfield, what he has shown in his career, that is he loves to throw to the tight end position. Uh, Last year, for example, he threw 17 passing touchdowns. Ten of them were to the tight end position. Uh, 36% of all of his career passing touchdowns have gone to the tight end position. And you think about some of the skill players that they've had on that team. So, again, Tommy Tremble is somebody that I'm going to be eyeing because I feel like we can get really good value on him early, uh, maybe in the plus 400 to plus 500 range. And then if he scores, then, you know, we're we're already behind the eight ball. So that's kind of my approach is I like to try to get ahead of 
guys and try to see if I can get one before the books have to adjust. Uh, another guy like Adam Thielen, everybody's all in on Justin Jefferson this year, but Adam Thielen is still a touchdown machine. Um, since Kirk Cousin has arrived on that team in 2018, he started hot every uh, every season, for, at least for the first month. So from week one through week four over those four seasons, he's got 12 receiving touchdowns in 16 games. And he finished 2021 as the second most profitable touchdown score for Minnesota behind K.J. Osborne. Now, Joe, this one's for you. I wanted to bring this one up. Did you know who the most profitable anytime touchdown scorer was last season? Was it Jalen Hurts? Close, but no, it was your boy, running back three, Boston Scott, plus 13.4 units. He had seven touchdowns and only four official starts at running back because, again, that's how strong their offensive line is. So those are just some of the nuggets that I've been able to research and just show to people like different ways to look at it instead of just thinking to yourself, okay, well, Cooper Cup's a good touchdown bet. That's who I'm going to bet today. So, so take us back inside, and, and we talked last year about this, but for listeners who are just listening today, haven't heard, you know, when you were on with us last year, your process, like how you dive into where the value is for touchdown scores. Because I think everyone, look, we're, we all play fantasy football, right? And you think about Cooper Cup, you think about the best running backs, Jamar, you know, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, or McCaffrey, whoever. And you think, well, that's the guys I should bet on, right? I drafted them high, they should get the touchdowns. But that's not always where the best value is. Take us through your process of, of how you kind of come up with names like like Tremble in Carolina. Sure. So uh, for anybody who does want to hear a little bit more of an expansion on this, again, it's on the Action Network podcast, my Anytime Touchdown Manifesto, uh, where I give like 10 rules on how I approach the market. So the first thing that I think you need to kind of understand uh, for anybody who's new to this is that profits and ORI are take that into consideration more than win percentage, especially when you're looking at guys at that value, because even the best anytime touchdown betters, if you're betting it front to back, are probably going to hit around 30 to 35% for the season, but you could still make a lot of profit because you have expanded odds. But one of the things that I do is I limit the amount of touchdown bets that I do that of guys under plus 200 to ensure that I'm getting value. And another thing that I do is I also don't straight bet guys with minus odds. So the Cooper Cups of the world, the Derrick Henrys, the Jonathan Taylors, um, there's just too much injury risk. And if you actually look over a course of a season, like a Jonathan Taylor, he led the league in touchdowns last year, but he was the 28th most profitable touchdown scorer last year as a result. So again, you could find value, but to be able to do it week to week, I just don't recommend that because football is such a brutal game like you know one play and then they're gone and then there's your touchdown parlay or your straight bet and you're you know crying into your hands um another thing that i would suggest is using odds comparison tools um we have that at the action app uh just to make sure that you get the best odds because uh, unlike spreads and totals touchdown props they vary so heavily from book to book um and I just find that a lot of the time you're leaving a lot of money on the table if you're not shopping around for that. Uh, another thing that I do as well is I track the anytime touchdown odds for every skill player uh, from week to week. And we're going to have that on the Action Network this year. So what I do is I be able to compare and see how the books are adjusting to recent performances or recent matchups to see if you are getting value. So if you're seeing the odds track downward, but he hasn't scored that kind of makes you kind of wonder, maybe I should be laying off of this guy. Whereas if you're wondering, okay, he scored, but his odds went up from the previous week. Okay, now we maybe want to take advantage of that value. That's good stuff. Fascinating stuff. All right, so let's begin at the beginning. Week one, Thursday night delight, Bills and the champs in L.A. Anybody you've circled, you said, this is what I'm going to go with, that's what I'm going to go with. What's it look like for the opener for you? 
I mean, I love Dawson Knox right off the hop. Uh, he was the yeah. ninth most profitable touchdown scorer last year, around 7.7 .7 units. Uh, if you would just blindly bet a unit on him every week. Um, I have a rule, again, where Dawson Knox fits this criteria that if he's over plus 200, he's an auto bet for me because the books just haven't seemed to adjust. And he's still such a focal point in that offense, just as much as I would say Stephon Diggs. Um, and I've also got my eye on Isaiah McKenzie because I think that he is going to elevate now into the role of what Gabe Davis was last year. And I'm not sure if you guys have been looking at some of the touchdown odds from book to book, but I've seen some books now where the Gabe Davis hype train is out of control because he has better odds to score than Stephon Diggs. And to me, that's insane. Like, I love Gabe Davis, but let's be real here. Stephon Diggs is wide receiver one. Uh, I will say that I'm a little tricky right now with who I'm going to pick with the Rams because they're so predictable with how they spread the ball. Cup is going to be heavily featured. We know he's going to get double-digit targets, and there's no Tredavious White for this game, so it'll probably be open season for Stafford Cup all game. Um, I'm kind of looking at Tutu Atwell at plus 350. Uh, right now, I'm hoping that he might fill the Van Jefferson role if Van Jefferson doesn't play. Uh, but right now, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think Dawson Knox and Isaiah McKenzie are probably my two favorites right now, and Rams is going to be a wait-and-see, probably closer to game time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, how about week one across the league? I, I know not every book has put up props, touchdown props for the games next Sunday, you know, week one of the NFL season. They'll be up shortly, but I'm sure you have some names that you kind of have circled or you're thinking about, and then you'll cross-reference when the odds are actually posted across the league. So give us some names for week one that are already on, on the Gilles Gallant radar. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, Tommy Treble right off the hop. I think that one's a fair bet, but we won't go too much more into him. I think Brandon Ayuk with the 49ers will be a good one to target because the Bears allowed the second most touchdowns to wide receivers last year. And I think a lot of betters, you're going to see deflated odds for guys like Debo and George Kittle because that's where the betters are going to gravitate to. And I think, I mean, you take this with a grain of salt, but reports he's having a great training camp. Who isn't having a great training camp? But I think Brandon Ayuk uh, has the skill and talent to be able to do that. Another guy I'm going to be targeting Trevor Lawrence, I'm hoping to get at least plus 400 on the road to Washington. Uh, revamped offensive line. He had 10 red zone carries in 2021. That was sixth amongst all quarterbacks. He has the skill to be able to pull this off. Again, a lot of these are going to be odds dependent because I need to see where the odds are. I have odds cutoffs for every player. But if we're getting over plus 400 for Trevor Lawrence in that kind of matchup, that's going to be a guy I'm going to be targeting for week one. Oh, it's good to know. I'm, I'm taking copious notes over here my friend all right so anytime touchdown we've got that we've got that cornered now what about just the futures market in general for the nfl what are you looking at what what, what are you playing what, what what's what's going across your radar 
Yeah, so we recorded an NFL awards pod just here this past week on Action Network Podcast. So there's two guys that I'm really targeting. One for Defensive Player of the Year, another for Offensive Player of the Year. So Defensive Player of the Year, I really like Shaq Leonard at 30-1. to uh, I mean, the Colts are favored to win the division. It's one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Um, they got a top five D-line. They only allowed 10 rushing touchdowns last season. There's just a lot of room for improvement for this team. I think Stephon Gilmore will help uh, to be able to shore up that pass defense because their pass defense, they left 32 touchdowns last year. That was 31st in the NFL. So they need as much help as they can get in the secondary. But, you know, they've got six games this year where they're going to be facing teams that are bottom five in points per game uh, from 2021. you got the Texans and Jags. they got the Giants. Washington, a very underrated defense. And one of the things that I love about Leonard is he can defend the tight end. He makes splash plays that kind of get on Sports Center that kind of alert the voters. Um and I, I mean, I love Aaron Donald. He's the favorite for the award. But I, to me, I think voters are going to probably steer away from that just because they're going to look at Jalen Ramsey and Bobby Wagner and try to, you know, attribute, even though he's a great defensive player, say like, you know, it's a team effort, not necessarily just him beating double teams all day. Now, from an offensive player of the year standpoint, again, going with the 30 to one, I really like Jamar Chase. Uh, 80 catches, four, over 1,400 yards last year, 13 touchdowns. Like I would argue if Cooper Cup didn't have the, the the season that he had, Jamar Chase could have been easily a valid argument to win Offensive Player of the Year last year. And I think there's so much room for potential with Chase because he only had 12 passes to uh, him from inside the 20 last year. I look at red zone targets a lot when I look at this kind of category. And that's 51st on the list for all pass catchers in the NFL. So there's a ton of upside because most of his touchdown and his damage was done from deep passing instead of the short gains. And another reason why I'm looking at Chase is I'm trying to get ahead of the market because the Bengals face the Steelers and Cowboys in the opening two weeks of the season. And if he comes out of the gate with like 200 receiving yards and a couple touchdowns, those 30 to one odds are going to drop to 15 to one, maybe even 10 to one. So I'm trying to get ahead of that. And then you just even look at last year, the way that he kind of exploded on the scene, 200 yards, three touchdowns uh, in his first three games as a rookie or four touchdowns rather. So for me, the Burrow connection is undeniable. I'm going to be going with Chase for Offensive Player of the Year and Shaq Leonard for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, that Chase one is interesting. I mean, he, and he plays with the most accurate deep ball quarterback in the NFL, so he's going to have a lot of opportunity in the ball thrown where it's supposed to to make those plays down the field. Jill, we can't not talk about the Cowboys while we're here. I see, I see the star <laughs> there on your shirt, and I got to say I'm feeling pretty good here outside of Philadelphia. The Eagles have now moved to co-favorites, maybe the favorite by the time we kick this off. I'm, I'm buying it. I think the Eagles are going to be really good. I think the Cowboys taking a step back. Your perspective as a Cowboy fan, it's been a weird offseason. It feels like every time there's news, it's bad news. Tyron Smith, they lose a bunch of good players, trades, free agency. Am I overreacting? Is this still the Cowboys division or, or do you see them being in some trouble this year? No, this is a proper reaction. And to be honest, this is probably Joe's favorite segment of the entire show, just to watch a Cowboys fan wallow in despair of uh, not winning the division again. Um, but uh, yeah, I think right now the pressure's on the Eagles now because you have all the pieces in place. Your offensive line is great. The defenses, you know, they probably won the offseason championship belt as far as being able to plug holes with Hassan Reddick and uh, Bradbury, you know, in the secondary. I'm obviously a little glass half empty when it, as a Cowboys fan, comparatively to a lot of their fan base. I'm not necessarily in despair yet, but the, the, the schedule is not great. You know, we've seen what this offense can be when Tyron Smith doesn't play. The average uh, pass rush percentage increases by almost 15% when Tyron Smith doesn't play. That doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're just looking about how Dak plays, Dak Prescott, 
he almost has to have everything go right for him to play at his top level. And when you're not having an all pro left tackle like that in the offense, and you're basically starting a rookie who's also dealing with a high ankle sprain entering week one, that's usually a recipe for disaster. Uh, so, you know, we've got the bucks coming up here in the opening week, uh, a pass rush that is not exactly uh, uh, vanilla. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit of an issue. And then, and then of course, wide receiver and tight end depth is just very minimal as well. So, Joe, I'm going to crown you right now, and then we can talk in week 17 and see what happens. I like it. Um, but you know what? You mentioned that Bucks game week one. I actually think that's a really interesting spot because although Dallas has some issues right now, Tampa Bay's offensive line stinks. I mean, yes, the interior, is. they just mm -hmm. lost everybody. And we were discussing earlier, J-Rod and I and Paul, the whole weirdness about Tom Brady. And, like, is he? he's kind of like half out. I think Dallas, as much as I'm fading them this season – they have a chance in that week one game to beat Tampa. That, what, what do you think about that game? Uh, Dallas is a one and a half point dog. I think that's the only time that I would feel good about trying to exploit the Bucs because I feel like as the season goes along, you know, they'll start to get their sea legs under them. But yeah, you're right. The week one matchup where it's a basically like an extended preseason uh, for them is probably where they could get them. Uh, and it's part of the reason why I'm not really enthused about taking like Tom Brady futures like M MVP or, you know, most passing touchdowns, even though he's always up there and, you know, they have all the skill players to do that. You're right. Going into the season, you know, with that kind of retirement, non-retirement and, you know, all the stuff that comes with that, I'm just as concerned as you are. Um, so I'm just kind of hoping that week one we can get off to a good start and then hopefully by the time we get to the Eagles, it's over. Great stuff, Jill. We appreciate you hopping on. We'll talk again soon. Check out Jill over at the Action Network where his work is now on touchdown props. Coming up next, back to week one of college football insights. Where are the bets coming in with these college football games for week one? That's next right here on the Beck UL Network.